for those just starting out, to those who built their reputation in the detail industry, navigating the course is a daily crime. This is play-by-play with industry professionals, tackling topics and offering tips to help improve your game plan. Now, here's your play-by-play. What's up, everybody? And thanks for joining Lunch Break Play-by-Play. Uh, Dustin Jackson here, and of course, I got my crew, Ryan and Lexi. What's going on? Hey, y'all. Man, and today we are going, uh, we're starting an awesome series on training. So excited. Yeah, detailed training in the industry. And man, we have lined up some heavy hitters. Marketing's done a really good job of putting together a, a, a good group of guests uh, over the next few weeks. And we're going to go over how training uh, is involved in the detailing industry and, and what all, you know, how important it is and what all it affects. And we're just super excited about uh, having this discussion. We got a super heavy hitter on the lineup today. Um, one and only Mike Phillips, who uh, if you're in this industry, then you know this man. He's been doing this since 1987 uh, and he is a legend in this industry and and probably has more knowledge than just about everybody, you know, yeah, that we know. He, he really does. I mean, I know when I first started, I was following him and uh, I mean, the wealth of knowledge that I gained just from all the stuff that he's given to the industry. I tell you, it's, uh, it's worth its weight in gold. And if you're not following on him and you're in the detailing industry you really need to figure out a way to because he's just a wealth of knowledge and i think a lot of that comes with the training right yeah absolutely and you know speaking of training it's all about overcoming the curve um yep. when you're when you're when you're uh looking for training to help yourself uh gain in the business it just uh it, it just speeds the process up i know that we experienced things um training wasn't readily available when i started in the detailing industry right. so it was a lot of kind of learn by fire and that's an expensive way to do it yeah i'll tell you right now and a stressful way to do it at that so <laughs> that's right um so but we've done that you know and, and it's just uh but but now all this training is available and you really need to find your way to it because it's it's readily available and it's super helpful absolutely and it's always about getting better and, and improving your craft it is it is tons of you know tons of resources out there you know we got detail and news and uh you know we get it quarterly here at the shop and there was a great article written on mechanization. And, you know, I don't think a lot of detailers really know what that is. And I don't even think that I knew that what that was really. Um, but I read the article and it was written by Bud, Bud Abraham. Yep. And it was really good. And it was talking about how, um, it, you know, guys in the detailing industry, they just get so stuck on, you know, I've got all this work to do. I can't pump it out, but I can't afford new tools or can't afford to think about my process. I just got to keep grinding. Yep. And reality is you can't afford not to think about those things. That's right. Um, he really dug deep onto why that is. But, you know, we're obviously a software company for detailing, um, for the detailing industry. And we know how important those things are. And we know how they, can aff they can't afford not to have that. I mean, the theme of that article was really investing in your business and finding ways to automate the things that you can and to be able to make sure that you're making your workers more proficient right. by providing the right tools in their hand and, and talking about, you know, maybe you can't afford it, but there are options out there for, for leasing equipment. So always talk to your reps. You right. know, we're definitely software folks. We can help you justify those investments when it comes to software, sure. especially with training. You know, that's one thing we're talking about. The training is definitely something where you want to invest in your business. It is, it is. And uh, speaking to back to the software, just a touch, I mean, you know, Lexi, your job here with us is to find out if that's a good solution for their business. Absolutely. And you dig in before, you say yes you've got to have software you dig in to find out about their business that's true and uh and learn to make sure it's a really good fit 
like yesterday, I actually spoke with a customer who does do detailing, but they typically do more of auto repair. Uh-huh. And through that conversation, I said, Hey, I appreciate your time. I enjoyed learning about you, but I don't think detail bookie is a fit for you. Wow. You know, maybe in a couple of months we may be, but for your current business model, this wouldn't be an investment that you should make. Guys, I don't mean to get off track, but are we going to be getting some food today? I know. Oh yeah, man. We're definitely, we're going to be eating some, some tasty treats from Bay City Grill over in Satsuma, Alabama. Uh-huh. We're going to dive into that a little bit later for sure. Yeah. Awesome. And that's uh, super excited. I saw it come in today and uh, it, let me tell you, I don't know if y'all saw last week, but uh, the sushi threw me for a twist, uh, you know, uh, for a loop, I should say. Um, everybody that knows me knows that I'm not an onion fan. And I think the first bite I, you know, bit into, it loaded <laughs> up. So, uh, but super excited. I'm a Southern boy. I like beating potatoes and that's what we got on the menu today. So I'm, I'm pumped about it. So back into training, Dustin, tell us uh-huh. a little bit about some of these training seminars that are out there. Um, didn't you just, you were telling me one about the rag company and yeah, mobile tech expo and rag company, rag company have partnered up, uh, to do a little series on it. I think they're doing it every few, uh, what a couple of months or something like that. And I think our guest, Mike Phillips. Yeah. Yes. Mike is actually going to be doing two of those tra- training seminars in April and May. And that's, that's super cool. And I think you can go to mobiletechexpo.com to, to get Absolutely. signed up for that. And, and again, you know, I don't know what's the cost on that, Ryan. Uh, I believe it's about three fifty. Free ninety nine? You mean free free Ryan? Like free free? Hundred percent off, dude. That's wow. Uh, and, and listen, that's what we're talking about. I mean, training now is just so readily available at your fingertips with the internet and YouTube and all these articles and forums. And I know that Mike does a great job. I mean, with Auto Geek, and they have absolutely ton of stuff out there. So. You know, if you're if you're winging it in the detailing industry now, you're really doing that like you shouldn't be. You don't have to do. You don't right. have to do that anymore. Um, stuff is so readily available, so it's it's exciting. It's a great time, um, and I'm pumped about this series, and I'm pumped about everybody that's coming on. Yeah, and speaking of articles, speaking of resources, we talked about the magazine. There's a great article written on Mike Phillips in here talking about catching up with a detailing icon, Mike Phillips. Uh-huh. They highlighted what he's done in his career. And, you know, his whole goal is to solve problems, show people's tips, tricks, techniques, and procedures that really help them no matter what their endeavor is. Uh-huh. And he's accomplished so much, guys. I mean, he has actually written a crazy amount of content. He has 676 how-to articles. Wow. 285 product reviews that are actually written as step-by-step instructions for use and he's even more since this article has came out you can find those at autogeekonline.net forward slash forums and then you'll also look under detailers library to be able to access those he's also hosted two tv shows and been an expert on six others he has almost a thousand videos a lot of those are on facebook but they're Uh also on autogeek's website I tell you, that's truly unbelievable. I mean, what a what a resume per se to have right? in the detail industry, and then for somebody like that to come on to our show. I mean, I, I think we're ready to bring him on. What do you think? It's huge. Let's, I'm ready to talk to my. Yeah, let's, let's bring him on. I tell you what, man, uh, that's just uh, all the stuff that he's given to our detailing industry. It's it's truly impressive. I was Uh, watching several of his videos yesterday, and it's so easy. He just makes it where, you know, you feel like you can learn. He talks to you. What's up, Mike? Yeah, he does. He really does. Hey, Mike. How's it going, Mike? Uh, uh, Just sitting here, actually in the middle of uh, writing a brand new article. So just this is a nice break. Really? More content. Yeah, right? (laughs) More content. Well, I reevaluate my life and wonder what I'm doing with it when I see everything that you've done. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I need to, to pick up the, 
<laughs> pick up the Ryan is your boss. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the hard part uh, was actually detailing the car. So now just processing the pictures and adding the words is, you know, in the air conditioned office. That's the easy part. Yeah. Is that what the article is on? Is, is, it, is it written on, a, on the detail that you're doing to a car? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a 2001 Corvette I detailed last week. And what's hard for almost hard for me to believe is I'm looking at this Corvette and I'm going, gee, this thing's 21 years old. A lot of right. car clubs would categorize that as a, a classic or an antique, you know. Yeah. Some cars, car clubs go by 20 years, some go by 25 years, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, to stand there and look at it, you wouldn't even think it was an antique. It's just so well kept, and it was uh, sure. it's a special article, so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Looking forward to it. Oh, cool. Um, how did you get started? I mean, let's get down to the basics. I know uh, you've, you've been detailing since 87. Uh, just tell us a little bit about your, your introduction to the industry. Um, well, you know, I always tell people I started out just like every, most other guys and, and girls in the industry, and that's taking care of mom and dad's cars. Only in my case, it was taking oh, yeah. care of dad's boat. Um, <laughs> I'm originally from Oregon. It rains nine months out of the year there. Uh, in the summer it rains we call that liquid sunshine and uh, <laughs> uh, but the the kickoff for summer or the camping season is always uh, memorial day weekend you know for a lot of people mm -hmm. and so about a month before that as i was growing up you know we're talking age uh, five age six age seven somewhere in that time range i knew that one of the traditions was to get the boat out of mothballs you know and get the camper mm -hmm. going and uh, the dirt bikes and get everything ready to go camping memorial day weekend and I slowly just took over the job of getting the boat ready because that's what I was most interested in was getting the boat for water skiing and for fishing. Yeah. And so I took, you know, boats oxidized. This had vinyl seats, a plexiglass windshield, and all three of these things just from sitting would tend to oxidize, get mold on them, mildew. And, and I just kind of took over that aspect. And then um, growing up, uh, then somehow I got involved in building model cars, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and then blowing them up with firecrackers and lighting them on fire with gas, <laughs> shooting them with the BB gun. Yeah, uh, I yeah. think then it progressed to reading Street Rod and Hot Rod Magazine, Muscle Car Magazine. And uh, then at the age of 15, I actually bought my first car. It was a, a Model T Hot Rod. And uh, wow. I cannot remember how I even found this and or how I talked my dad into renting a car hauling trailer and going out to this farm and hooking a rope up to it and pulling it out of this barn and then dragging it home where then I took over the garage and my mom and dad's cars never saw the garage again from that day forward. <laughs> you must have been very convincing. I can, yes. I can just see that conversation uh, with my parents. So. Yeah, the, the saddest thing is, is and I don't blame my mom and dad because back then we didn't have digital cameras, but I don't have a single picture of that first car. I had got pictures oh, of the second car, but... Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting car. It was a former uh, quarter mile race car. It had a mm -hmm. uh, two eighty three, the six pack, a Model T bucket, and uh, I mean it was it was just a traditional nineteen sixties uh, quarter mile race car with all the go fast. It had a six pack carburetor system on it. Uh, it had a Packard four speed. It had a two speed Ford rear end. I mean it was it was really someone's pride and joy at one time, and it just went downhill. It got put up for sale, and I became the next owner of it. That's a hell of a but, first car, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> for sure. My but that's how I, I got into the car aspect. And then, of course, in high school, I took auto shop and you learn how to rebuild engines primarily and mm -hmm. other aspects of the car. And then I, I started, I always like doing all my own mechanical work. Um, you know, I don't mind assembling engines. I don't assemble trannies. I've put in shift kits before, but that's as far as I like 
to go to transmissions. Uh, but yeah. just about any other aspect of um, a vehicle, you know, I feel confident taking it apart, rebuilding it, putting it back together again. And what I learned from that was um, that's a lot of uh, knuckle busting, really dirty work. And while yep. I enjoy it for my own cars, I never like doing it on other people's cars because they were never kept up. And so it's dirty grunge work. And so mm -hmm. what I gravitated towards instead of doing the mechanical side was after the cars all put together was making it beautiful, the detailing aspect. So yep. that's kind of how I, I got into detailing was learning that I didn't want to become a mechanic. I liked making things look beautiful. Yeah. Well, Mike, since you've been in the industry for a long time, what has really kept you interested? What keeps you coming back year after year? You know, um, I, my, my, I guess the, the thing I really like is helping other people, you know, as uh, cliche as that can sound, you know, uh, even just this week, I've had people, you know, I like to work on the forum because I generate a lot of content that just simply will not fit on Facebook or Instagram. Mm -hmm. just, content alone just will not fit there. And uh, in the last two weeks, I've just had, um, you know, scads of people join the forum and they're all looking for help. And it's yeah. usually the same kind of story. It's, 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 you know, someone in their life, maybe they've never cared about detailing their car, but now they, uh, they graduated and got a new car. Uh, they got that raise, moved up the ladder and spoiled themselves and bought a new car. They retired and bought their dream car, or they finally mm -hmm. finished building that street rod that they had in high school. Now they're older and they're restrained. There's some kind of story involved where they didn't care about detailing in the past, but now they care and they're looking for accurate information, helpful information. Right. And, uh, you know, when I got started, um, this would be back in the seventies, um, we didn't have the internet and there just was no good uh, universal resources for accurate information. You usually asked your dad, if you had a dad that was in the cars, mm -hmm. you asked the shop teacher or the guys behind the uh, parts counter at the automotive store, you know, where you'd buy your car wax back then. And, uh, you know, everybody did their best, but the information that was available was just as archaic as the products back then. So I have empathy for people that get to that position in life where now they want to do it. They want to do it right the first time. And, you know, they don't sure. want to waste money. And so I, I like to, because I've been through that myself when I got into this, that I like to help them just flatten out the learning curve. Yeah. And, you know, I know in a lot of these Facebook groups, I'm sure that you, I, I don't know if you follow them or not, but if you go on there and ask questions, there's like a, it's like going to the vultures and, and getting attacked. So I think it's the, more like the lions. The, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's brutal. I mean, to see the forum and, and you guys, how y'all answer and, and, and communicate, it's, it's really nice to have that for the industry and it should be like that. It's it actually registered like for you. And, you know, mm -hmm. but there's lots of uh, smart, intelligent, experienced, skilled people answering mm -hmm. questions for newbies in Facebook groups. Um, there is that also that aspect of people that um, are keyboard commandos. Uh, yep. They're trolls. Trolls. Uh, you know, they're yeah. just they're just agitating people for sport. And yeah. um, I, you know, I just don't have the patience for that. And nope. uh, you know, I just don't have the patience for it. And uh, that's why I love our. MVP group that we created for our customers, um, because now you've actually got industry professionals to ask questions. So for the younger guys that are just starting out that are on the software, they've got, you know, access to, um, I mean, Dustin, uh, Billy Smith from Akron, you know, pro detail. I mean, guys that have years and years in the industry and yeah. And there's kind of a collective agreement amongst all of us that, Hey, we're here to help everybody that's coming up. Cause we all started at that point where we didn't have a clue what we were doing and we were learning by five. <laughs> and uh and i spoke to that earlier it's a very expensive and very stressful way to learn so if we can help you know 
uh, you know, flatten that curve for people trying to figure that out and, and answer questions. That's our, you know, we owe that to the industry. I, that's how I feel. Um, I, I agree. Yeah. You know, and that, you know, of course, everybody's got their opinion and uh, some opinions sure. are right and some opinions are less right. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. There's, uh, they're definitely subject. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so, yeah, I like that aspect of it, helping people. So we didn't all uh, start out as experts. Uh, you got any kind of mishaps or any kind of things that you'll never forget uh, in the detailing in the world where you might have messed up or or something that you just, you know, that just stuck with you over time? Oh, you know, look, everybody's going to make a mistake and hopefully it's not an expensive one. Hopefully it's not mm -hmm. on someone else's car. It's better to learn on a demo hood or your own vehicle. Uh, but yeah, I have, uh, you know, probably one of the, uh, luckily for me, um, because of my involvement and usually the community I've lived in, and I've, I've owned detail shops in Bellevue, Washington, Seaside, mm -hmm. Oregon, and Albany, Oregon, and in all those communities, and also here, but back then in my early days, there's twice I made a mistake, but I also was great friends with local painters. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I learned the, one of the things I learned, you know, I'm always teaching guys do not wet sand factory paint. In fact, right. I just got an email from a, a, a major company in the industry and they want to quote me from one of my articles called Clear Coats Are Thin. And in uh -huh. that article, I show my thumb and my finger. It's also in one of my how to books holding a post it note. And it says that the average factory clear coat is thinner than a post it note. And a post it note is right. about three mils. And the clear coat on your car factory is about two mils. Mm -hmm. And uh, they want to use that quote into something they're generating. And I share that with people because if I go back far enough, when I was in uh, Bellevue, Washington, a gentleman bought a brand new Chevy truck, thought I had way too much orange pill. And I'm thinking, well, I'm pretty good at this. So <laughs> I said, sure, I can sand that down and buff it out. You know, the easiest panel to wet sand cut and buff, or, or quite frankly, to do anything on is the hood. So I started yep. sanding down the hood and I started buffing it out and everything was going great until I got into the corner. And all of a sudden I'm looking kind of close and I'm going, that ain't, that ain't red paint, that's kind of yellow. Yeah, that was primer. Oh. And I had to pay to have the hood repainted. And of course I didn't, wet sand, yeah. I didn't have anything else sanded. But see, I've already learned the hard lesson about not sanding factory paint. So that's I try right. to help young guys because if you go up on Facebook or Instagram, you always see guys trying to show off wet sanding something because if you can wet sand you're the god of detailing and i get that's it right. but mm -hmm. what what they haven't done is read that article on clear coats of thin or read my article other article that's called factory paint versus custom paint and mm -hmm. and people that are new to the industry don't know that when they hear the term wet sanding or color sanding 95 percent of that is done on a custom paint job usually on a custom car and the absolutely paint is thicker it's softer and the, you know, the painter knows it's going to be sanded, so he sprays extra paint on there. And there's just more of a process involved versus if you go out and buy a brand new C8, C8 Corvette and look at it and go, wow, look at all the orange peel. I think I'll sand that off. Well, yeah. here's another article I wrote. This is the, some of the titles of my articles are really lame, and I apologize for that. <laughs> it goes like, no. like this, and you can type this into Google. Wet sanding removes paint, compounding removes paint, polishing removes a little paint. And pretty uh -huh. soon you're going to go, whoops, you know? It, and then it's yep. game over. And if you were doing this for money, any profit you would have made is out the window, you know, yep. oh, absolutely. Reputation. so yep. yeah, so I, you know, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say that, yeah, I've made mistakes and had to pay for paint jobs, but, um, but that's how you learn. And that's how you're able to share that experience with other people to try to help them not make that mistake.
Absolutely. Right. That's exactly how we take it here at a shop. Obviously, we're not all, you know, we're not always perfect and things happen over time. But first of all, you build those relationships to the local, you know, uh, local paint shop. I mean, we have those uh, in place and, uh, you know, it, it's going to happen. It's inevitable, um, especially when you're doing a lot of work. Um, but you you learn and, and it's a good way to learn and you will not forget, you know, I'm, I know the first time I burned through an edge on, on some paint and, you know, it's just something that you uh, that you take home with you and you don't forget. Well, it's called the School of Hard Knocks for a yep. reason. And, That's right. Um, I, I like to share quotes that have a lot of impact. And here's one of my favorites. It's from Eleanor Roosevelt. And it goes like mm -hmm. this. Try to learn from other people's mistakes. You may not live long enough to make them all on your own. Oh, wow. oh, that's good. Jeez. That's good. Yeah, hey, so you got a lot of my articles are like, that's what the purpose is. Here's how you do it the, sure. the first time. So you don't have hey. to learn the hard way what not to do. That's right. Uh, we got a shout out from the one and only Daryl Lyons. He said, Mike is the legend. Uh, yeah. And you were the one that uh, ultimately, you know, got him started detailing. And I, I know there's a ton of guys out there that have that same story, man. So that, oh, must, absolutely. that must feel pretty good. Are you going to be at the Southern Detailers Conference? I'm going to be there. So, man, awesome. fantastic. I look forward to meeting yeah, you. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to make a stop by our booth. We're going to be there as well. We're looking forward to it. Well, I, hey, Mike. I heard you guys are going to sp uh, the silver sponsor, and you're sponsoring the, uh, the awards banquet. The awards banquet. banquet. Yeah. 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 We figured sponsoring a party was our style. So, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and given those guys that won the IDA awards, an actual you know platform to be able to receive award in person, not just virtual, I think that's a fantastic idea. And oh, absolutely. It. Absolutely. It is. Well, like everybody, we're, we're all tired of uh, the COVID-19 and all the ramifications yep. it entails. We're just all tired of it. So Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, go ahead. Go, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I had a class. Uh, I just recently had my, I do a three-day class here, three times a year in a boat class, uh, once mm -hmm. a year. And uh, both classes sold out. I mean, there's 20 people in the car detailing class, and there was 27 people in the boat detailing class. It was just which is actually wow. the largest boat detailing class I've ever had. 26 was the previous wow. uh, record mm -hmm. for me. But one of the comments that you just hear people say in, in, in passing in the classroom is they're just so glad to get out of the house, you know? Absolutely. Uh, Chris West, uh, for my three-day car detailing class, of course, he's from Solution Finish. Solution he flew all the way out here from California and says he was just going stir crazy. Just, you know, California's yeah. so locked down. So yeah. Um, yeah, going to Southern Detours Conference, everybody's going to be the same way. They're just ready to, to get out and uh, be around real people in, in you know the real world. They, they are. I know we hosted a boat show here in Mobile. We're in South Alabama and we hosted a boat show um, out on the, by the battleship out on the bay and the just the overall feel of people they were outside i mean everybody was in a much better mood i mean it was just it was awesome I and mean, we had we doubled the attendance we thought we were going to have and uh it was just nice it was nice to see smiling it faces nice to see families out their dogs and they were just having a great time and you did that because the city ultimately shut down the boat show that that they have every year yeah right? we're, we're big participants in the boat shows the local boat shows around here we do we advertise our average you know we advertise our detailing services there right uh, we do a lot of marine detailing and so we use those platforms to advertise our services well when they shut down because those are indoor shows um we needed something to do um and there was a lot of vendors like myself that needed something to do so we acquired some outdoor property um there for the show and and put it on and man i tell you it was it was a great event so um, but, you, know, on that, you know yeah thank you yeah it was it was fun it was a lot of fun so um curious uh you know we talk a lot about the past and all that you know learning from mistakes and everything we've done 
Where do you think the future of detailing is going? I mean, I know it's changed a lot over the last 10 years. It has, that's how long I've been in the industry and, and I've seen it evolve. Where do you think that next big change is, is going to? Well, one thing for sure is um, everything's going through an evolution and getting better and better as far as the tools, uh, pad technology, uh, chemical technology. Uh, I mean, in the last 10 years, look where we're at from conventional car waxes, synthetic cylinders to all these different coatings out there, ceramic, yeah. quartz, polymer, graphene, you know, the next one's unobtainium. So, mm -hmm. uh, uh, so what I like about that is I like, uh, and in fact, just today, uh, I had a gentleman join the forum. He's got a 2018 Chevy Silverado truck, lifted big tires, black paint, coated a few years ago. He says, it's ready to polish it. And one of the things I said was, he says, well, I'm thinking about getting a port of cable. And I says, well, it's never been easier to detail your own car. With, with the amount of information on YouTube, uh, venues like this, the, the chemicals, the tools, the pads, it's different, easy. So the, the way things are going is it's uh, getting easier and easier for the average person to de learn to detail their own car. Uh, it's getting easier and easier, I think, for people to start detailing businesses, to offer Absolutely. services if that's their passion. You know, and I think we've all met people that have uh, been in uh, like white collar work. And I've just said, I've had enough of this. I like working on cars and, you know, yeah. and, yes. and follow their passion. And uh, I know a lot of guys that are like that. In fact, you know, one of the interesting trends that I've seen happen in uh, talking to people that take my class, my three-day um, car detailing class, mm -hmm. and it's very interesting, but for the last four and even five years now, I have a lot of guys my age, uh, sometimes older, sometimes younger, they're retiring from their uh, career job, a fireman, policeman, mm -hmm. uh, contractors, and they're car guys. And they know when they retire, they don't want to just sit around on the couch and watch TV. They, they want to stay active. And now back in the, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, even the 80s, a guy that's mechanically inclined could start a shop where you actually do mechanical work on cars, replace carburetors, mm -hmm. do too. You, you used to do that. You can't do that anymore. Everything right. that goes to the dealership is so high tech. Okay, so yep. if you can't do the mechanical side, what's left? Detailing. Detailing. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. and it's, it's the fun part. Remember, everything else is a knuckle thing. Yeah. And, you know, God forbid you put the wrong sensory and turn it on and something goes wrong, you know? Uh, sure. So I have a lot of guys that are retiring and um, they want to get into detailing and they're taking the class because there's three reasons. One is, is they don't know what they're doing and they want to know because they know cars are expensive. A paint job is expensive, so they wonder what they're doing. There's mm -hmm. so many tools uh, and, and polishing systems on the market that, you know, to dive into some of these, you're going to be into it for a thousand bucks. And if you find out you don't like it, it's like, well, now you're stuck with it. So they want to, in my class, I teach all the major tools and all the systems. So by the time a person goes through it, they know what they like, and what they don't like. So they don't waste time and they don't waste money with their investment. That's really awesome. Yeah. And then the third thing is, is, um, uh, they know when they get into it, they want to make money. And they, 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 they all have the same concept. Once they start a detail business, their, their buddy Joe is going to show up and say, hey, I'll let you detail my car for a six-pack of beer. Well, right. that'll buy six buffing pads. They, their buddies have no <laughs> idea what it costs for the, 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 the equipment side and also for your time. I mean, that's right. we all know to, to take a passenger car that's in bad shape and do the correction stuff just after you washed and cleaned it. You're talking anywhere from three to six hours, depending on what you're doing. That doesn't mm -hmm. include everything else. So, you know, if you bring a Corvette in and spend 10 hours on it, you don't want to do it for a hundred bucks. And so they're coming to the class to learn what they like, what they don't like, learn what to do, and then learn how to make money doing it. 
You know, that really reminds me of a customer that I just put on the software, spent 17 years, you know, uh, doing sales. COVID hit the business that he was working pretty much crashed. And he has now decided to full-time detail. He uh, uh, does primarily Marine. Um, he, he's done it as a hobbyist, you know, uh, for, for the last several, several years, but, um, you know, retired 17 years doing something and decided now I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And uh, he's loving it. He's staying, you know, extremely busy. Oh, that's, um, yeah. The market, I mean, yeah. for detailing is there for sure. Both, both detailing is so hard. So it hats is. off to him, it you know. I, I like to teach it. And, you know, I used to race the drag boat. And um, I shared that with some of your staff. The boat I used to was a 1970 mm -hmm. Super Sanger flat bottom drag with a big block Chevy. And a lot of people mm -hmm. don't know this, but that's how I lost my leg. My own boat went over me. The prop got me. And it cut it up so bad ah. I couldn't save it. So since the age of 26, I've been using an artificial leg to do all my mm -hmm. work. And um, But that's the only boat I actually like to detail. You know, and it, it just has yeah. a big flat bow and it has a scoop over the carburetors and that's it. You know, all these other boats, I can appreciate them, but it kind of just so much work to detail. It's, it's so. a ton of work. Yeah, about 60, 65% of our business is marine detailing. Um, we go, we have mobile unit that go and we do larger boats. Um, and then here in our shop, you can't see the other side. This is our car bay, but um, we're actually facing our boat bay. And uh, we, I mean, we're booked out for months on, on marine detailing. Obviously, it's that time of year. And it's work. It's a lot of work. I mean, these guys, these our guys, they work their tail off. But it's so rewarding, man, when you polish out one of these 34 center consoles and get it coated out. And, I mean, it's just beautiful. I love it. That's where my passion is. It came from boating, and that's why I'm in this industry. Um, kept all my own stuff clean. But um, marine detailing, it's, it's so rewarding. You were just saying how much you love polishing pontoons. You said, uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I actually own a pontoon boat now. And uh, of course my pontoons are polished. Um, and we offered that service for a long time and we just kind of pulled back the throttle on it. And it's one of those jobs that there's nothing fun about it. It's not glamorous. It's a dirty job, but, uh, but it's extremely rewarding at the end to see that polished aluminum sanded and polished out and just i mean it's beautiful going down the water yeah i've uh, I, i'll admit i've only uh sanded down and buffed out one pontoon boat it was for my boat detailing book and uh -huh. i never wanted it again <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i can appreciate the, the the craftsmanship and the the different skills and tool sets and the tools themselves the sanding discs the, all that that goes into it and take something that's uh as uh, one of my friends says that's neglected to respected uh, but yeah, uh, it's so dirty working on aluminum, you know, and I've worked on a ton of aluminum in my life. So I'm, I'm pretty familiar with it. You know, I think that's probably the worst part is all, you know, you get covered in this black, just, yep. you know, the polished material and it's, and it gets everywhere. And uh, that's probably one of the things that I disliked the most. Cause I'm a, you know, I, when I'm working, I like clean. I mean, even the boats that come in, they've been sitting under the oak tree for three years, you know, and, and we go through a cleaning process before I'll even get in the boat, you know, before <laughs> I'll even start to, you know, analyze or see what we want to do to it. We'll go through and do a deep clean of it and get it to where we can see what we're working with. I, I just can't stand the, you know, the, the dirt. Hey, um, last, not this year, but the year before at one of my boat classes, we had a boat that was brought in that was tarped up. And here in uh, Florida, we got these white frogs. I don't know what their species, oh, no. I don't care. But there's about a dozen of them living under this tarp in the boat, and they were, uh, uh, they were, you know, using it as their bathroom. It was oh, so no. the before and after pictures of, you know, how how the the class cleaned all that. It was sure. uh, very dramatic, and uh, but yeah. oh god, it's like gross. 
it's that's terrible that's terrible well mike is there anything else that you want to communicate to the audience today any kind of special news anything you want to talk about to them um you know just uh uh i'm hoping sema takes place this year i mean we are too everybody wants to to take place last year for me and a lot of people i think i went 16 or 17 years in a row uh, wow. So I'm really hoping that um, through the vaccinations and just proper mm-hmm. uh, social distancing, whatever it takes, we're able to bring SEMA back this year. And uh, and, and Mobile Tech, uh, both in Orlando and uh, looking forward to uh, Reno or Nevada, uh, Mobile Tech mm-hmm. there. So uh, mostly the trade shows because uh, th- that's where the networking takes place. And, uh, you yep. know, it, uh, th- the one thing I like about the detailing world is it really attracts high caliber people. Uh, the people that do the work are have a good work ethic, and um, mm-hmm. and so then naturally when you're out just away from the show or away from the job, it's nice to network or get to know these people because they're such good people, you know. So mm-hmm. that's what I like about it. This it does not anybody that gets into detailing is lazy. They don't last, you know. It's just it's a hard job. <laughs> no, they don't. Nope. No, they don't. We see a lot <laughs> of them come and go here, yeah. Um, but but yeah, can definitely speak to that. It'll be my first SEMA, you know, and I cannot be more excited out. This last one was supposed to be my first one. So, uh, no, I love yeah. SEMA, but for every year I go, here's what I, I play the part of Demo Boy. And, uh, and I don't mind. Oh, yeah. I just stand yeah. in one place and I, I make black paint look bad. I make black paint look good. And just do it over and over and over again. And there's always just a new crowd of people going, oh, wow, look at that. And what do I buy? Uh-huh. <laughs> what do I go to buy? It? That's right. That's, That's right. pretty cool. Well, definitely looking forward to Sam. Definitely looking forward to everything we have going on. Uh, Mike, can't thank you enough for jumping in here and uh, you know telling us your story, telling us where your passion comes from. I know that you were a major influence in my life, uh, catering towards the detailing world, and you know can't, wanted to personally thank you for every all the information that you put out um, and and your investment into the community has just been phenomenal. Man, I appreciate you coming on, taking your time, and talking to us, and uh, we look forward to meeting you there at the Southern Detailers oh, yeah. Conference. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's do it. We'll uh, get together and have a cold one. Sounds, Sounds great, great, man. Thanks, Mike. Pleasure thanks a lot, you, Mike. Hey, thanks everybody. All right. Well, if that was that was super cool. I know that uh, that was uh, that's kind of a for me. That's one of those once in a lifetime uh, moments and uh, truly special. I know there's a lot of detailers out there that look up to Mike and to have him on and have him answering questions. You know, uh, is it, it's really important. It's a special moment in my life, and I couldn't be more thankful of it. Yeah, you were fanboying out when I told you that I was going <laughs> that I got him on the podcast. Yeah, I thought we agreed not to talk about. That. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little starstruck too at the end. Or so I'm like, oh man, how do I even ask this guy questions? I just want to sit here and stare. Is that weird? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, I'm sure he gets it all the time. Yeah, right? no kidding. Well, well, are you guys hungry? Starving man, to man. death. Are you all ready to talk about what we're going to eat from Bay City? Give us the rundown, Lexi. I know, listen, this is my favorite part of the show because we get to eat. So give us the rundown. Tell us what we got going on. Well, Bay City Grill is in Satsuma, Alabama. They serve up Southern favorites made fresh to order from classic sandwiches to fried catfish special bay city or the grill as the locals like to call it they feed your soul as much as they feed your body and we love that here right and this stuff looks delicious dustin we've got for you this bacon (laughs) cheeseburger with some french fries all right you're gonna have this fried catfish special with some uh french fries and coleslaw and then i'm gonna try this 
Bay City Club with ham, turkey, bacon, and Swiss. And that's what I always get when I go to Bay City Grill yeah. with the sweet potato fries. So this um, looks absolutely amazing. Uh, the cheeseburgers, what I get, they're, they're across from the ballpark where my boys play. Yeah. Uh, so we're over there all the time. We also try to go to lunch there at least once a week. Uh, their cheeseburgers are phenomenal. Their, their sandwiches like you guys got. I have never tried their catfish. Though, Man, right? I love fried catfish. I yeah. love hush puppies. This is going to be a Hey guys, why don't you why don't you dig in? Why don't yeah, you take a bite? Go ahead and grab your plate. Let's check it out. And for everybody out there, you can find Bay City Grill on Facebook, or you can give them a try next time you visit Detail Bookie headquarters. They're located at fifty six fifty seven Highway forty three in Satsuma, Alabama, or you can give them a call at two five one six seven five zero three six zero. So what you guys think so far? How's that first bite? Oh, the fries are excellent. About to dig into this burger. And guys, listen, for those of you that are watching, if you're eating lunch, take pictures of them. Drop us a comment. Listen, I can't we, wait to see what everybody yeah, has. We'd, we'd like to see what everybody else is eating. This is our lunch break, just like it is, I'm sure, a lot of you guys. Mm. So show us what's going on. What's the catfish like? Man, it's delicious. Is it? Man, phenomenal. Man, these sweet potato fries always hit the spot. They're so good. Mm-hmm. It's a healthy alternative if you don't want, you know, starchy French fries, which are also delicious. Man, this is delicious. So the burger's phenomenal. Listen, we're going to dig in. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's going on next week. I think we have Greg Masterson on the lineup. All right. I We talk about fanboys. Dustin's a bit of a fanboy for, for, for Mike. Uh, I'm absolutely a Masterson fanboy. This dude could not be a, a nicer guy. I spoke to him the other day to, you know, just to ask him if he wanted to be on the podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, and he could not have been more, you know, just genuine and nice and, and, and super helpful. You know, he has great intentions. I can't wait. He does. You know, we follow him in the group and we seem kind of poking fun and, yeah. and, and rallying everybody up. And, and if you ever just sit back and watch like the global, like the overall view of what's going on. It's quite comical to see all the detailers running in there and and try to defend whatever it is that they're that that he's kind of ragging and, and and really guys you're taking it too serious you know let him go on there and have his fun but don't 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 bite the hook every time you know <laughs> i love it man I, I can't wait to have him on and he it's is gonna be fun it's wealth of knowledge right over a thousand videos we're gonna still be talking about videos. training so it's gonna be really cool to talk to That's him right. about all of that as well we're gonna well, continue our training series go ahead ron i'm sorry no, he definitely knows about training i mean i when, when he worked for the chemical guys he did a, a lot of their videos i mean i, yeah. I literally think there's a, about a thousand of them on there so. yeah he has a ton of knowledge and we're to continue bringing you professionals in the industry that are you know that that are involved in training and can be assets if you have any questions if you have any comments don't forget shoot us a message give us a call um, you can find us on facebook at detail bookie instagram youtube um, snapchat linkedin i think all the social media platforms uh you can find us out there is that right madison okay cool cool um awesome thanks, thanks a lot as always thanks, thanks guys so much, guys y'all have a wonderful day and enjoy your lunch break this has been another lunch break play-by-play by Deep Tail Bookie. Join us next week with auto detailing news, interviews, and tastes of the South. We'll see you then.